What's up, everybody? Fred Ricciani, TSC. We have right here on the line a very special guest. He is a legendary safety for the Carolina Panthers. He is now a man that people are calling Coach Mike Minter of Campbell University. Sir, how's it going? It's going good, Fred. Thanks for having me on the show, buddy. Hey, I pr- appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know you're, you're a pretty busy guy, and you're somebody that's been, been a head football coach for quite some time now for Campbell University, but... You weren't always looking to be a coach. You, you retired. You, you took a hiatus for a little while from football. And now you're back on the coach in front these last few years. What made you decide to, you know what, get back that close to the football field? Wow. Um, I, I think it just happened. Um, you know, like you said, when I was playing uh, for the Panthers, I, I, you know, coaching wasn't in my um, end game. Um, you know, I went into business. And I started um, doing that. And, and as I was building my companies, um, one of my friends that my, my younger son grew up with, his son, um, became an athletic director at a private school in Charlotte, the high school. And he asked me to come over to help build their program, their football program. And I was like, yeah, I got some, some time to do that. And, and, um, and so um, when I came over, the, the head football coach resigned after that um, that school year and so we didn't have a coach and um, they was like all right um, do you want to take it and I was like okay I will and so I took it it's it's June Uh, we start training camp in August I know absolutely nothing about high school football at the time Um, you know when I came through high school we was we was running the I formation when I was in Nebraska we doing the the um, triple option not the I and then when I get to the NFL, of course, you're not running any of those type offenses. And so I didn't understand the spread offense at the time. So I had to do a crash course in 30 days to figure out what in the world is spread football so I can teach these guys, um, you know, how to play this game. And, um, you know, three years later, we, we went to three straight state championships. Uh, we won two of them. And uh, what I realized is, you know, that's my gift. My gift is being able to unlock the greatness in young men and and get them to go beyond where they ever um, thought, they th- thought that they can go. And so at the time, I said, man, you know what? Um, you know, this high school thing was fun. Um, I, I, I want to be able to challenge myself a little bit uh, more. I'm going to give myself, you know, three, um, five years to become a head coach at Division One um, school, and I did it in two years, and, and Campbell called, and, and um, man, I became a head coach. And, and so, really, it's, it's, it's my calling. I'm a teacher. I, I'm a guy. I, I was like that as a player. You know, I was always a captain of the teams that I've always played on from Little League all the way up to the National Football League. And, um, and so that, that was something that I was capable of doing, of taking complex situations and making them very simple for people to um, understand. And and, um, and that's that's what I'm doing as a college head coach. You know, one of the things that, that I said to myself is I wanted to take on the worst college football team um, that I can find. And um, when I got the job at Campbell, they was dead last in Division One football. So when you talk about FCS football, they was dead last. Um, and, and so now to look at us, you know, years later, um, now to be a winning football program, um, you know, it, it's just been really fun to to build that organization. I would imagine going from 
player to coach is a big transition. For you, uh, when you were a player and now being a coach, what do you think is the biggest misconception you had back before you started coaching? Well, that everybody thinks like you. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's the biggest thing that you, you come up against is, is, okay, everybody is going to be able to you know, consume information, break down information, and then go perform with that information that's given. Um, especially being at the places I've been, you know, in high school, we was a, a very, high, you know, highly touted high school with a lot of talent uh, from, from our high school. You know, at one time in the National Football League, we had more guys in the National Football League from my high school than anybody else in the country. Um, so so you, you come from that. And then you go to Nebraska, okay, you know, where we win um, two national championships back-to-back played in three, only lost three games in the four years that I was there. You look at that and you say, okay, again, that's how it's supposed to be. And then, of course, in the National Football League, um, everybody is at that level. And so um, you just assume that everybody is going to be there. Now, you don't assume that the players is going to be there because they're too young. But what you assume is that the coaches is going to be there. They're going to understand what it takes to become a champion. And so you just kind of start teaching and coaching the players. And, and what you got to realize as a head coach is you got to coach your coaches. They have to be on the same page. Not only your coaches, but your support staff, everybody that's outside of um, the football, you, you know, the academic people, your strength and conditioning coach, your athletic trainers. Everybody has to be on the same page. Your boosters, um, you know, across the street, the administration, um, and, you know, your president, your athletic director. Um, the community, you have to teach all those people to get on the same page. And I think that that was probably the biggest misconception was I was just going to be able to do like I did in high school, just teach the, the, the player to go do it. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's much uh, more complex than that. Now, being a coach is pretty hard. I would imagine being a team captain is pretty hard too, especially when you get to the NFL level, because let's face it, I'm sure a lot of players like yourself have respect for the coaches that you had, but when you're making a whole lot of money and you're one of the <laughs> top stars and most well-known stars of a respective team, you know it, it, it's hard sometimes to get that message a, a across. You know, especially when you're the one, you know, kind of I don't say policing, but kind of being the leader of the men in the locker room. Did you face similar challenges being a captain in the Panthers locker room? Oh, no doubt. I mean, you listen. In in football, as a player, it's about what you can do. So if you're going on the football field and you're producing, then people are going to pay attention to you. And, and that's really what happens um, in the National Football League. Sometimes, um, you know, a, a guy that's producing, a guy that's getting paid, people are going to respect what he has to say, but he's not a leader. <laughs> and, and, and that's sometimes that's when you get in trouble is when, um, you know, that happens. So the best football teams – are the teams that the best players are the leaders of the football team the right way. And, and I think that's um, really uh, what, what, what happened, you know, in the National Football League. But, of course, again, you're going to have, you know, young guys come in. They're going to think that, you know, maybe they first-round picks. Um, maybe they just got paid in their second contract. So they're going to really feel like they know what's going on when they really don't. And, um, you know, so the, the great thing is, man, is that when you're a leader and, and as a player, you better be producing at a high level um, because if you're doing that, then people will pay attention. And then also how you live outside of football. 
I think that carries a lot of weight too, because if you know you out there doing crazy stuff and then try to come into the locker room, even though you're a baller, um, and you try to come into the locker room to lead other men, they're not going to follow that because they see you out there and you know um, in your life outside of football, and it's not lining up. And so, you know, as a leader, man, you have to always be consistent in every area of your life to be able to um, be a leader in that locker room. And that's tough because you got a lot of stuff coming at you. You're young, um, got a lot of money. And um, and so I took it serious because I, all I ever wanted was to win. <laughs> that, that, that was my number one thing as a player. And I think everybody else understood that. And if you weren't willing to lay it on the line to win, then I didn't want to play with you. And, um, you know, and it, it was very, very clear on how I felt about you if you were that type of guy. Now, if you came in and you were ready to go and give everything you had to, for us to win games, man, hey, look, we're going to get along, and I'm going to be able to impart some of the wisdom um, that I gained over the years with the different guys that I played with. And so, um, you know, sometimes it's tough, but at the end of the day, I think your reputation precedes itself. And you're certainly a leader. You played with some real leaders on that Carolina Panthers team back in the day, especially the one that made the that, that Super Bowl run. And a couple seasons before that, some younger fans may not remember, you guys were 1-15. <laughs> and, and, and I want people that are Browns fans or fans of teams that right now are down on their luck to uh, realize this. You guys, two seasons prior, I think in 2001, were 1-15. Yeah. Two seasons yeah. later... You were in the Super Bowl and a couple plays away from defeating Tom Brady and the New England Patriots dynasty. Yeah. What kind of mental fortitude, what, what kind of skills did you guys need to put together in order to make that kind of turnaround? Is it just as simple as, hey, you know, we're doing things the right way and it eventually pays off? I mean, what other intangibles are there? Because, I mean, go from dead last to one of the best. <laughs> I mean, that, that's insane for any team in any sport. No, and, and to do it in two years, um, to your point, um, well, it starts at the top. And so when Mr. Richardson made the change to bring John Fox in, that was that was the start of it. It wasn't necessarily the players because we was already there with the one in fifteen. And I'm talking about the core guys was already there at one in fifteen. So we knew what that felt like to lose fifteen games in a row. What Coach Fox came in is he showed us how to work towards being champions. Now we already had the mindset. We just needed a leader. Before that, we had George Seifert. And I think what Seifert's problem was is that he was given, when he became a head coach, he was given a program that was already built. And all he had to do is just keep it in line, right? So he, he already had the Jerry Rice's of the world, the um, Joe Montana's of the world, the Ronnie Lotts of the world. So he already had those in place because it was built by the previous coach. And so now all he has to do is just stay out the way. Well, when you come to the Carolina Panthers, that doesn't work. You have to build us to be those type of people to get us to where we need to get to, okay? And so the culture wasn't built um, there, and, and he, didn't, he didn't know how to build it there. He tried to, we, we tried to go the free agents route. We tried to get old free agents, blah, blah, blah. But again, um, they wasn't his guys, so we went through every every old free agent that was a great <laughs> came through um, during that time with with Seaford, and then now Coach Foss come in. He said, "Listen, anybody who loses fifteen games in a row, I don't want to hear nothing from you because <laughs> you don't know what the hell going on. So everything I tell you to do, 
you better do it. And I promise you, if you do what I tell you to do, we're going to end up to be champions. And um, we believe that. I mean, that was the first thing he said. And we was like, I, I knew I knew what it took because I've done it high school, little league, college. And so when, when John Fox, you know, Foxy stood up there and told us that, I said, man, we got our guy. Uh, we're going to be fine. And we went through the hardest training camps known to man those um, two years to build that, that Super Bowl um, run, you know, that team that we had. And, and um, of course, you got to, you know, get a, a Jake DeLome to come in and kind of surprise everybody and really, you know, I mean, in practice, Jake was a normal guy. You get him in a football game, he becomes Superman. And, and you know, it was just unbelievable. Everything fit, and they did a great job of building us to be the type of football team that can go um, to the Super Bowl two years later and to go to the um, NFC Championship game um, again two years after that Super Bowl run. So, I mean, it, it wasn't something that was kind of just lucky one time. Um, we went to that mountaintop twice. You did, and I know you guys fell a, a little short, but I mean, ha- and some people may be surprised to hear this because you did have a decorated career with the Panthers. You never even made a Pro Bowl, but you're somebody that is widely yeah. considered a, a legend in, in the Carolina community. I, I told people, hey, I'm interviewing Coach Midturn. They're like, oh my God, I, I, lo- I love him. You know, I mean, you are beloved in that community. And not only that, but you, along with the, the group of guys you had, established a winning culture in Carolina. You set the foundation. You, you created a consistent winning yeah. culture that now Cam Newton and a lot of the other guys on their current Panther squad are clearly benefiting from. Uh, what does that mean to you to be a part of this community and to be a guy that is truly one of the building blocks of the franchise? Well, it means a lot. Um, you know, when, when you say, uh, you know, you go through a 10-year career, you play for one football team, you, you hold all the records when you leave, and all the things that we did, um, and, and not be able to, you know, be voted um, to the Pro Bowl during those um, years. He was always first alternate, second alternate, but you never was that, that, that guy that um, got the, the, the first nod. Um, you know, that, that, that's something to be able to, to say that at the end of the day, it was really about building that championship-winning program, uh, mindset, culture, that you were just alluding to at the end um, of your comment. And, and, and I think that's what it's all about. That's what makes you feel good because you know you laid the foundation. You laid the foundation for other young men to come in like a Luke Kinkley, Thomas Davis, uh, you know, a Cam Newton, uh, you know, th- those guys to, to build upon and continue to be looked at throughout the nation. Because I remember when I first got there, Nobody was looking at the Carolina Panthers as a national brand, okay? And uh, so for us to be able to build that and um, help um, Carolina become a household name um, during the years that I was there, man, so it's, it's just a blessing. I mean, we have some great people. I have some great um, players that I play with on defense, um, great guys on offense. I mean, Moose is really one of my, you know, we kind of grew up together in the National Football League, he, he was drafted in 96, I'm drafted in 97. And so we, I, I, I kind of looked at him as the, the, the old head on the offense. And, you know, I'm the old head on the defense that kind of helped build this whole foundation, man, the original Panthers. And so, um, you know, it's always good to be part of that. And at the time I'm interviewing you right now, there's a raging debate courtesy of a guy that you played against, 
Donovan McNabb, former quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe he got them to five NFC title games at, at one point. It might have been four or five, as well as uh, that one Super Bowl against the Patriots, which they narrowly lost. And I'm sure he's still having some nightmares about Thieves Avenue and and, and Ricky Manning. And, and Donovan McNabb recently said that he belongs in the Hall of Fame. His numbers speak for himself. And he happened to compare himself to Troy Aikman. And while Troy Aikman does have those three Super Bowl rings with those Cowboys teams, the numbers are actually kind of comparable. So as a guy that actually played against Donovan McNabb in your career, do you think Donovan McNabb is a Hall of Famer? No doubt. Um, I, I think this, this guy took a, um, an organization that wasn't winning and he, he brought it to prominence during the time that he was there. Um, I mean, four or five NFC championship games, one Super Bowl appearance. Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a it's a lot of uh, quarterbacks that's in the Hall of Fame right now that did not win a Super Bowl, that had great numbers, that done unbelievable things for their organization, even though they haven't won a Super Bowl. And when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, you look at Donovan McNabb. That's who you think about. You you don't think about nobody else. And and um, and so of course he he belongs in the in the Hall of Fame. I thought he had a Hall of Fame career. Um, you know and and you know to be judged against a Troy Aikman, forget the numbers. When you judge against other quarterbacks, it's about championships, right? It's, it's not about how many yards you throw, how many completions. None of that. It's about championships. And and so. When when you're going against other players, you you, you gotta you gotta look at that, okay. But when you're looking at just his career alone by himself and what he did for the Philadelphia um, Eagles to 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 help them become um, the organization they are today, come on, man. I mean, he he's definitely a Hall of Fame quarterback, and and um, you know hopefully he he gets in there. We have some fan questions. Uh, a little bit of a rapid fire format. You ready? Yes, sir. What was it like when you finally got to play as yourself in Madden? <laughs> um, I probably was disappointed in my rating. <laughs> <laughs> playing defense in today's NFL. Do you think you'd enjoy playing defense more today or back in your era when you could actually hit guys? Oh, more in my era. I, I, I was a thumper, man. I'm, I'm going to knock your head off. And, and um, you know, the, the play basketball on grass, um, I, I don't I don't like that. That's not my game. So definitely I came up on the right time. God knew what he was doing with me. <laughs> funniest player in the Panthers locker room. Oh wow. Um the funniest player, man. Ooh, that's a good one. Or or, or do you uh, have like a or do you have like a funny story, like or a funny prank that you're allowed to talk about? Well, let me let me just say I think that the, the you know, Reggie White was very, very funny. <laughs> he was a guy that that had us laughing all the time. Um, Keyshawn Johnson uh, was very funny when he came into to our locker room, okay? A guy that had a story for every single thing. And um, and so, you know, those, those guys, even though they wasn't there long, um, I remember them as being some funny, funny dudes. Do you see Cam Newton staying with the Panthers the rest of his career? Cool, that's a good one. Uh, no. Wow, just j- just because of free agency, or do you, do you think? I mean, I with the injuries of, and everything. Yeah, because of free agency, and and from the simple fact that some guys play too long, right? Yeah. So 
I think that I think uh, some guys just got to keep going, you know, like Thomas Davis. I think he should have retired and retired a Panther and, and, and let that last year go. And, and it, it's not as important as retiring as a Panther. So I, I think, you know, in today's age, man, guys just want to keep playing. And, and um, hopefully um, he's the type of guy that, that um, can say he's done when it's time to say you're done. And um, if he can do that, well, there's not too many of us out there that can do that. Um, if he can do that, then he will retire a Panther. If he can't do that and he want to go prove that he can continue to play, then he will not. And I think, it's, you know, most percentages say that he's going to continue to try to play and he's going to have to play for another team. What does Cam Newton have to do other than obviously be healthy in order to get back to the MVP level? Listen, I, I, I like the things that he's saying. Um, about what he's doing this offseason. Now, it's not necessarily um, particularly what he's doing. It's the fact that he's focused on every little thing in his life. And that's the key, okay, is that you focused on and whatever you decide to do with it, you got a plan, you focused on it, and you, and you execute the plan. That's what I like about what I hear. If he continues to do that, which, I, which means that he's probably watching more film. He's probably watching more of, of his mechanics and, and, and what he can get better at and, and so on and so forth because it's about the details. It's not about anything else. Now, it's about the details when you get older. Now he can't, you know, physically, he can't do what he was doing when he first got in the league when we went to the Super Bowl that year. I think that was the peak of his physicality, Okay. So now you got this. It's about details. It's about every little different thing, and and hopefully um, he he enjoyed the process. Okay, the process of breaking every little things down and enjoying the monotony of just getting better every single day. And um, if he can do that, we'll be back in the Super Bowl. What's the best piece of advice you could give anybody that is looking to get into pro sports? Let's just say somebody in college or in high school right now that is clearly talented, has the opportunity to go play some college ball. What's the best piece of advice you could give them if they want to have a career in the pros? Listen, you gotta you gotta love football. And and what what do I mean by that? You gotta love when it's boring, you gotta love when it's tough, you gotta love the grind, you gotta love every single thing about being a football player and in college that means a student athlete you got to go to class you got to love that piece of it because everything is connected and most people don't understand that all every part of your life is connected to you going to that next level if you're excellent in one area be excellent in the other area and it's all connected and you'll get there and so um, most people don't they, they say they want the glitz and glamour but they don't want to put in that work um, to go get it. And um, it sucks. It's hard, but it's worth it. Well said, Coach. And actually, one more bonus question for, from me. A lot of people don't know this. You were also a running back, and you were a standout basketball player as well. If you had not become a safety, do you think you would have stayed as a running back, or do you think you would have pursued a career in basketball? Oh, I would have been a running back. I love football. Like, basketball in high school uh, was something to do to just to stay in shape, and it was a fun game to play. Um, and so, I'm, you know, I was just competitive as as heck in the basketball arena. But, man, look, I, if, if I wasn't a safety, I would have been a running back. And, um, and you know, but, but I looked at it and I made a decision going to Nebraska. I looked at it and I said the longevity of running back 
are is, is not very long. So I'm gonna go on the defensive side of the ball um, so I can play a little bit longer, and uh, um, that's the reason why I went on the defensive side of the football. Well, Coach Minner, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for catching up with us. You can follow him on Twitter at cu coach minter. Anywhere else we can find you? Any upcoming events? Any upcoming appearances we should be on the lookout for? No, sir, man. Uh, we we getting ready for you know 2019 season. We kick off with with Troy. We we go um, down to Alabama to to play that that big time football program. And and uh, man, all our uh, mind and, and attention is on Troy right now. Excellent, coach. Thanks so much.